Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Scramble through our world-class golf courses or shop your way through the square. Be one with nature as you hike or bike through our parks and trails or hunker down at one of our breweries. And when it's time to eat, be sure to bite into our eclectic food scene. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. The following program is intended for immature audiences only. Don't think, just listen. Coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here at WMCK.FM and also on Fayette TV Channel 77 as we broadcast live from the Phil GNA Motor Studios, high atop High Street. And hope everything's going fine for you. If you're looking for a quality pre owned vehicle, give Chip a call at 724 785 6800 or stop by his website, Phil Motors.com. Well, welcome to another edition of Online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK in McKeesport. Hope everything's going fine for you. On the phone tonight, we're going to be talking with a gentleman by the name of John Daly from a website called Informed Not Inflamed, and he talks about journalism, media, and media bias. And uh, very interesting to talk to somebody, and from what I've read and from what I can tell, that is very level-headed when it comes to news media. And most of you that have followed this program, we've always talked about this before, but we've always talked about it on a local level and not on a national level. And tonight we'll be doing it on a national level for the change. So let's go to the phone lines right now, and let's say hi to John. John, how are you doing this evening? Hey, Bill, uh, doing great. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate you taking time to uh, uh, join us, and I know we tried to get you on here uh, a few weeks back, but unfortunately you were dealing with a hurricane, um, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm glad to hear you made it through in one piece. Well, we did, and uh, actually I probably could have actually done the show when you did because the when we were expecting the storm to hit in fact i did some videos on it we said okay at 10 o'clock the lights and everything's going to go out and it's like 10 o'clock at night and my wife and i were here and we we're like wait the phones are working the tv's <laughs> on and all the electricity's on wait a minute what happened here and it actually kind of veered off to sea a little bit and uh, went around us so so we were very lucky and uh, uh i you know I, I probably could have done the show but it would be better to to not have to worry about that and talk to you that way. Well, it would have been interesting. I will say that much, but uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> well, I could everything... have been reporting on something. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm glad everything turned out okay for you. So, give my audience a little bit of background of who you are and uh, and and what you're doing today. Well, most people um, would would probably remember me from a show called Real TV. It was one of the first reality shows that came about in the late 1990s. 
It was the first all-video news magazine show, and it was when you know when the camcorders were getting big. And so what 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 we did at Real TV was we began taking camcorder video, surveillance video, any type of video that was that was you know being used and turning them into stories and instead of just you know okay wow it's just either gratuitous violence or something we actually did stories we we got into the human aspect of it so from about 1996 to about 2000 we were a syndicated show and we were God, we were getting about three to four million viewers a month so we actually did really really well uh the show eventually ended uh because everybody started doing real tv so what you see now on 60 minutes what you see on you know 2020 they're all taking the steps that we taught them how to do okay. uh, way back then. And so, and what happened was is that other people were willing to, to pay more money to people who had the video. So in other words, if somebody had a video on our show, we paid them. And so everybody was doing it. And so the show was owned by Paramount Television. They decided, yeah, maybe we've done enough on the show already. So the show ended. Uh, I eventually went on to do a couple of other uh, different shows, um, Went back to being a news anchor for a while, but I really wanted to work on my own and uh, create my own stuff. And so what I've, what I've done most recently is uh, I've got a TV show called Undercover Jet Setter, which is travel, food, wine, and golf. Uh, but it is a show that is shot and produced entirely off the iPhone. And my business partner and co-host is Susan Anzalone, and she and I wrote a book called The TV Studio in Your Hand. Okay. And uh, it literally it shows you how to shoot your vacation videos so they're quickly done, they're easy to look at, and you're not going to get killed. You know how many people either die or get injured on yes. vacation because they're taking pictures? Yes. <laughs> so we, we wrote the book for that reason, uh, for those reasons. And so uh, and we're actually helping some other, um, other people, too. And the show is, and we're, we're about ready to sign a pretty, pretty lucrative contract with a uh, travel site oh, really? uh, that is going to license all of our all of our materials, and we're going to go and we're going to promote all their travel and all their different things. So we will, you know, it might be a different, uh, you know, a city that we'll go into that they're pushing, and okay. we're going to go off the beaten path and, you know, find the restaurants and the cool stuff okay. and stuff like that. So so we're doing that. And then um, in addition to that, my, you know, my years of being a, a news anchor and a news reporter and a newspaper reporter, um, back in 2000. Four when uh, it was the uh, John Kerry uh, George Bush race, and I just I had so many friends who were just who were just livid at the at, at that time the bias that was going on and you know the horrible things that you know there was no truth in anything, and so they they were all either talking to me or writing to me and I would say hey go, go take a look at this here take a look at this site here understand this here's what's happening here something like this and so I had two or three of my friends and one of them was a guy by the name of Brian Cranston who's who was Walter White on yes. uh, Breaking Bad and he said to me he goes you need to write a book about this uh -huh. so I wrote a book and it was called Truth the No BS Guide to Navigating a Media Biased World and it came out in 2005 and primarily I put together a system and it's called the Royal System. It's called it's R O I L. So it's read, observe, interview, and learn. And it's how to quickly put together for yourself a system so that you don't have to waste three and four hours of watching cable news. Within fifteen or twenty minutes, you can literally get a lot of sides of the issue and understand what's going on. And then I I, I got really into deep to what what media bias really is and. My main my main lesson to people is is that 
The media is biased. Get over it. Right. The most important journalist in your life is you, and you've got to pay attention to it. And at the same time, too, you don't need to be working at it for four or five hours a day. You can literally be taking you know, 15 to 20 minutes. And with the tools they've got now, and I keep telling people, and one of my, one of my biggest things that I tell people is that is to create a, what I call a Twitter news feed. So just get, get a Twitter site. And all you're going to do is you're just going to, you're going to follow news, you know, news organizations. You follow them on the left, you follow them on the right, you follow different ones that are experts. And you go and you look at it for 15, 20 minutes a day, you are going to be much more informed than if you were watching three or four hours of cable news. Well, the one thing I think is interesting, and I I go back, um, because when I was, my early days in radio, um, and and where I see a shift in in the way media was being covered is the O.J. Simpson trial. Because it was on 24 hours, it was on court TV, people were enthralled in it, and that actually then became what we know as the 24-7 cable news cycle. And there's not enough news to fill a news cycle like that. So then they started putting commentators on or or talk show hosts, and they were giving opinion. And the bad thing about it is people started to believe that opinion is news. And that's yep. where this whole this whole uh, explosion of, well, we have such media bias. Well, these people weren't journalists to begin with. They were entertainers. They were hosts. They weren't there to tell you the news. They were there to put their spin on today's news. And that's exactly right. I mean, if they spent the time putting, you know, more documentaries or more investigations on there, that would make sense. But to be honest with you, that takes time. That yeah. takes money. That takes a lot of effort. It's so much easier just to have somebody get on there and bloviate and, uh, you know, here's my opinion, here's what I'm going to do. Yet at the same time, too, these bloviators, I mean, they're, it's not like they're idiots. I mean, they understand what their audience is, and they go right for their audience. So what they want to do is they want to entertain the audience. They don't want to, they don't want to push them. They don't want to, you know, stretch their minds, make them think a little, make them do something that might be a little uncomfortable. You know, you don't want to do that because you want them to stay there and you want them, you know, you need the advertising revenue. Right. And and they and their goal is to create controversy because the more controversy they create, the more people watch and the more advertising they're able to sell. And I think that's where we're running into this problem. Not only that, especially in 2019, we now have a president that yells fake news every time someone is talking negative about him because he does not want to, he does not even agree with the own facts. Even when he said something two hours before, he'll come back and say it was misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, and it goes back, I, one of the things that I talk about in the book was uh, there's a sports and entertainment bias that goes on. Yes, you have the left and right bias, but the sports and entertainment bias is far bigger because what you get is, is exactly what you were talking about. You, 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 you take a situation and you boil it down to like a drama, a protagonist versus an, versus an antagonist. They battle, somebody wins, and that's great. Or it's one team against another team. So, for instance, I'm a big Red Sox fan. I want to see them beat the heck out of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay, the Red Sox win. I'm so happy. What does that do? What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. Right. And it's the same thing with with when you look at the news story. Somebody wins, somebody loses. But you never really get what the lessons are. And as a result of it, especially in journalism, you know, they're, you know a lot of the stations are great as far as you know, they can pick out the polling, you know, why did somebody win? Why did somebody mm-hmm. lose? Because these numbers are here. They never get to the essence of what the real problems are and why we're, why we're going through things. So you don't hear, and I keep talking about there, there are three main problems that are, that are facing America today that you're not going to hear journalism talk about. The first is we have an aging society. 
The second is we've got technology that is actually hurting jobs. Yeah, we do have jobs, but it's, it's, it's taking away salaries and it, it's creating less jobs as well. And we've got big money weaponizing four big industries. The first is politics. The second is healthcare. The second is the media. And then there's also social media. And all they're doing is they're, they're weaponizing these industries to create one team against another team. So for instance, I always, you know, one of the things in healthcare is a great book out there called, um, it's called uh, American Sickness, and it's written by a woman by the name of uh, Elizabeth Rosenthal, and she talks about how um, the healthcare industry, especially the pharmaceuticals, they turn down cures because a cure does not bring a lifetime of profit, but sickness brings a lifetime of profit coming in. So if you have somebody sick all the time you're going to be bringing in money for that industry. If right. you cure somebody, all the revenues are gone. Right. So we've, we've, got things like, we've got things like that going on. We look at politics today, and I mean, you know, if you, if you go into politics, you're going to become very, very wealthy because there's just, just a stream of money that's coming in there, and that's controlling politics. Not only is it helping to elect our leaders, but those leaders who get elected by that money are then told by the moneyed interest Here's the law you're going to pass. By the way, I've got it written for you. You can put it in verbatim, and it passes. Right. And so we're seeing we're seeing a lot of that. So there are there's a lot of things that are uh, nefarious in what we're doing, and the media is not going to talk about it because that's how the media is making their money. So they're not going to tell you that stuff. Um, I told a story today um, earlier that I was in a situation, oh, probably about 15, maybe 20 years ago, and I was doing a program like this on a regional radio station, and I started talking about a, it wasn't really a scandal yet, but it was going to be something that, that was going to be big because of the way money was being spent about a local university. And what was interesting about it, as soon as I got off the air, my GM came up to me and said, you can't talk about that. I said, why can't I? I said, because they're <laughs> advertising on the station. I said, but wait a minute. They said, no. They said, the president of the university will be in tomorrow. You will discuss with him anything, but you will not talk about what you talked about today. And off the air, you will apologize to him because of what you said offended him. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this isn't what I signed up for. And then I started thinking about it going, if I want to keep my job, I have to do this. And we're mm -hmm. noticing that more than more because on one of the things um, that you said, that sponsorship is actually controlling what is being said and what is being done. We've had stories mm -hmm. in the Pittsburgh area where there was an investigation going on by two of the three stations. The third station didn't do the investigation. The reason is because they were a major advertiser on the program and they weren't going to bite the hand that fed them. So yep. we're seeing that on, we're seeing that on a, a not only a local level but we're seeing that on a national level. And we're seeing it a lot more since the since the financial crisis. Mm -hmm. And cuz I know when I when I was when I was a news anchor and a managing editor, I mean, we could we would do, you know, we got threatened by advertisers, we didn't care. But I mean, this was this was back in the 1990s, you know, when things were really really good. We didn't have to worry about one advertiser pulling out cuz there was going to be others that were going to pop in. It's changed a lot because of the because of the financial crisis. So the 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 the, the so-called mainstream media, the television stations and the broadcast stations, um, they don't you know they got to compete against Facebook and Twitter. You know the five dollar ads right. that are a lot more effective. And so so that's the problem there. And this is and this is something that, that that's widespread. I, I I've 
and again, I'm trying to rewrite the uh, the book and try to come up with some newer anecdotes. And in, in my research, I found two great anecdotes. Uh, this was during the 2016 election. Okay. And one was in Florida, and there was a woman a reporter who went out and covered a Hillary Clinton uh, rally. And so in the story, she wrote that uh, there were a lot of empty seats. Mm-hmm. And so when the editor or the producer of the show saw it and said, you got to go back, you got to change that, take that out and don't mention that. She goes, why? She goes, because we don't want that in there. And the woman reporter was like, was like livid, same response you had. Another story was in, uh, I believe it was in the Baltimore area, and there was a news anchor there who had been there for a long time, and he actually uh, got a, an interview, again, 2016 election, got an interview with Donald Trump. And so... He was getting ready to go, and as he was leaving, the general manager said to him, he goes, here are the questions you're going to ask him. And he goes, no, 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 I already got it all set up. He goes, no, these are the questions you're going to ask him. And if you don't ask him those questions, don't come back because you right. won't have a job. So, so it happens across all sides. And, and again, it's mostly it's money. It, it, you, you don't see many reporters who are sitting there going, I'm going to screw that guy because this is what I believe. You just, you just, you no. don't have people in the industry that are doing. Are there some? There could be some. Have I come across it? Rarely have I come across it. And most of the most of the people in the business really want to do their job and they want to do their job professionally. And it's, it's to be honest, with you, it's mostly up, up it's up on top and it's the corporations. And if you think about, it, I mean, look at, I mean, look at the major corporations that own the news media. There's like five of them. Yeah. You know, so they're all competing for the same dollars. And, and it, it's interesting because you go about it, and one more uh, story about 2016, in this area, which uh, other than Allegheny County, where Pittsburgh is, went for Donald Trump. Where I'm at is an old Democratic area. There was the coal mines and the steel mills, but of course they mm-hmm. were actually shifting because the electric was getting older and they were becoming more conservative. They did a rally yeah. at a local, air, a local um, skating arena. And the interesting is that Bill Clinton was there. Bill Clinton was speaking. I was at the arena. MSNBC was there. CNN was there. And the local outlets were there. The room was almost empty. The interesting mm-hmm. thing was they had to stage it to look like there were people in the room supporting it to make it look bigger because behind the cameras, there were empty seats. The front two sections, they filled them up and they kept moving people to make it look like it was larger than it was. And I took pictures of the event just to prove it. And people still didn't believe me that they were manipulating what was being seen because they did not want to embarrass the candidate or the speaker or the former president whenever they did the story on the news. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, and, and that's it. So there, there is, there's just a lot of manipulation for a lot of different reasons. And a lot of it has to go back. It goes back to the, to the sponsors. I mean, I, you know, there were, I mean, in August of 2015, I actually predicted Trump. Okay. And um, people were like, what are you, crazy? And I go, look around. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, he's not going to win on the landslide. I said, you know, he's barely, you know, he's going to win at all. And he may lose just barely. I said, but you know, everybody's writing this guy off. I said, listen to what he's saying. And what he's saying is, and they go, I don't agree with what he's saying, but at the same time, too, there's a lot of people who are not happy right. with what the Democrats are doing, with the elitist. And I was doing a lot of work in the uh, Canton and Akron, Ohio area, and this and it, all leading up to it. And, I mean, I just, I remember I turning to my business partner, I go, 
there is not one Hillary Clinton sign here. It right. is totally, totally Donald Trump signs. And granted, that, that part of Ohio, it usually, it's kind of purplish, really. You know, if you go up to Cleveland, it, it gets more blue up there. But I said, I don't see anything. And, I, you know, when, when you start thinking about, um, you know, he's, he's, talking, he's talking to, I hate to say it, angry whiter, white older people right. you know, who, were, who were fearful of what's going on. And I'm, and again, I'm not, I'm not denigrating them. I'm just, I'm just saying, here's what I'm observing. Here's what I saw 13, 14 months before. And here's what I think is going to happen. And as, as it turns out, it did happen. And, um, you know, there's, uh, and the media completely missed it. I mean, on the night, I mean, the night of the election, they're all like flabbergasted. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, how could you be flabbergasted? But, do, do, and, and, and going back to 2016 and looking at it, do you think, because the way the media covered him is the reason that he won, because he was in every news cycle yeah. for what he was doing wrong. And a lot of people said, I don't care if he's doing it wrong at all. At least he's speaking his mind. And with him speaking his mind, he's like me. And they were able to identify with this gentleman who who eventually won the White House. Yeah, I think that was one of, of a number of factors. I think I think the other factor was is that uh, the Clinton campaign was just horrible. Was right, just a horrible. Like you're saying, I mean, how, how are they not flooding, you know, Western Pennsylvania and, and Michigan and, yeah. and, and and Wisconsin and how how are they not doing that? How, why are they holding, you know, big rallies in California? It's like you know, it's it's the dumbest thing. Um, I think um, I, I think it's that. I think I think a lot of it was the way the media covered them, and I think people were. You know, I just I don't I don't like Hillary. I want something different. I want to try something different. Right. I want to you know go with somebody that's you know even though the economy had been coming back, there was still that income inequality, and there's a lot of people, you know, especially people of the baby boomers felt that you know hey I don't I don't see much of a future for me. I'm I'm worried about things. Right. Let's get this guy in here who's you know who's who's angry enough who's going to fight for me, and and it made sense to them. And um, and then I do th- you know and again I don't I don't think Trump colluded with the Russians, but I do think the Russians helped him, and I do think that there was a campaign there that really stoked the anger of a lot of people and also turned off a lot of people. If 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 Hillary had had the the uh, African American vote that that Obama had, yes. she probably would be president today. Um, what I think is interesting about it, and, and if you look at it, and I said this when the election was going on, that even though they keep bashing him, it's going to be in their best interest if they if he wins, because now their news cycle is going to be 24-7 Donald Trump and the CNNs oh. <laughs> and the MSNBCs, they got their programming for the next four years. Well, oh my God! And they're making money hand over fist. And now, if you look at Fox News with dealing with this whole impeachment thing going on, Fox News is not touching it with a ten foot pole. They're doing these other stories that are not related to anything. While CNN and MSNBC, all they're talking about is impeachment. Well, that's true. But you're beginning to I'm begin, you're beginning to see a little bit of a of a change with Fox. Um, what's interesting is is that you know they're they're allowing. The Chris Wallace's and the Shepard Smiths, yes, to to report things that are that come across as anti-Trump, um, and I think what you're also beginning to see is, uh, like for instance, like Paul Ryan's now on the board at Fox, and there's there I've read some stuff. There's some rumblings. He 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 wants them to be not pro-Trump, really? and I also think that if you're if you're 
if you're Rupert Murdoch and you're looking at your demos, your demos are old white guys. Right. And that's not what the advertisers are looking for. They have got to, at some point, start moving moving to a younger demo. And, uh, you know, if you... Now the goofy thing about you know them you know bashing the uh, you know the immigrants, especially the Hispanic immigrants, is that Hispanic immigrants once they become here they become very conservative, right? <laughs> they're Catholic and they're Christian and they they move in that direction, um, and I think I'm I'm just the fact that I'm seeing that there's a lot of angst over there, um, uh, I I think they're beginning to move in a different direction. I think, and I, and, and purely as a business point of view, I think you're going to start seeing them, you know, take the controversy that's going on a little bit of the civil war within Fox news, uh, and hopefully using that to gain, um, to gain ratings and, and viewers as well, or to hold viewers because of the, you know, the entertainment aspect of it. But I do think they're going to start moving in the direction of trying to get younger, a younger demographic. Now, the, the, uh, the one thing point. I want to ask you, though, and I think this is interesting, or do you think Fox is getting ready to cut their losses because they're starting to read the handwriting on the wall that he may not be reelected for another term? Well, I think they're playing both sides of it. Okay. If, 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 if you know, think about it. I mean, if you're, if, if, if you're the, uh, you know, the owner, you're running a uh, publicly traded company, um, you you've got to you got to protect your shareholders, right? So you're gonna you're gonna kind of play both sides, um, and 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 again, again, that's that's part of my problem with the with the media is that really the news media should be nonprofit and it shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't necessarily be a for profit because, it, you know, you know, do you get paid more money if you give better news? No, you don't. <laughs> it has yeah. nothing to do with that. It's you, what you get you get more profit by becoming more entertaining, more confrontational, and sometimes not telling the truth or not getting the right news out there. But I do think that, I, I think they're looking at it. And again, you know, what's going to happen, I, I'm, I'm not certain. I mean, Trump right now looks like he's a little bit on the ropes with, with this latest controversy with Ukraine, um, and it just seems to keep piling up. So you would kind of look at it, yet at the same time, too, I mean, there's a strong base out there. Oh, that, yeah. You know, he, he could go kill somebody on Fifth Avenue. And they're like, <laughs> the guy deserved it. Yeah. He needed it. You know, he needed to do that. And, and I do think that there's, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not so convinced that, you know, the Democrats have a way of really screwing things up. Right. And, uh, you know, they could, you know, they could, they could be handed a great victory and then just, you know, kill it. Yeah. And uh, so I, I don't know. So I, I think. If I'm Rupert Murdoch or Murdoch's kids or whoever's running Fox News, I'm looking and I'm saying, I'm going to try to play both sides of the fence. And you know what? I'm going to create a little controversy here. This is kind of cool. You know, I got Shepard Smith yelling at the, you know Tucker Carlson. So it's, you know, it's creating more stuff that, uh, that that's going to create more eyeballs. And you've even got MSNBC and CNN reporting on it. Right. So, I, I mean, you know, I, they're kind of actually drawing people <laughs> over to that. So. I saw that the other day and I'm going, why are you doing ads for a competitor? That doesn't make any sense to me. Because and and they and they all three of them do it because they will show and it has the CNN logo blazoned in the bottom left hand corner wherever it's at on MSNBC and on Fox News you have Laura Ingram that's going after CNN and they're advertising for each other and I'm going is are they in this together I mean are they in cahoots or what's going on here because years yeah. ago you would have never seen the big three CBS ABC or NBC doing cross advertising for each other yeah or even mentioning each other yeah yeah 
I mean, you know, unless they broke some big story or something like that, then they had to, they would have to credit them with them, something like that. Or but, if someone died know. that, uh, like when Peter Jennings passed away, that was breaking news on all three networks yeah. or Walter yeah. Cronkite. But that, that leads me into where I wanted to go next. Do you think the people that did the news, like Walter Cronkite, like Peter Jennings, like Tom Brokaw, do you think there would be a place for them today, or is their style of news delivery just over and done with? Well, that's a good question. I I think it's funny because I and not that I put myself as a Walter Cronkite or Peter Jennings, but you know I I was a news anchor. The last time I news anchored it was about six years ago, and okay. really when I really news anchored it was it was a while ago. And I'm like, I don't I don't think I could get up there, and you know I I think it's it's different now. And when I look at the news anchors now. You know, on on the network or even on the um, on the uh, cable, um, I think I you know it, it 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 is a different kind of different kind of show, and I think I think at the same time too, I think you know Cronkite and Peter Jennings, Peter Jennings, who actually got a chance to meet and actually do a little work with, um, they they were out of that, you know, they kind of came out of the Edward R. Murrow um, style, um, and you know, very still very journalistic. Um, and so, um, they were, you know, they were, they were totally different from the anchors today that have to be a little bit more entertaining. Right. And, um, and again, I'm not saying the, 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 the ones that are out there are entertainers, I'm not saying that, but there's, it's a different style of, of newscast. Like when you watch a, you know, like an evening newscast on the, on the network. And again, I don't watch a lot of them, but when you watch them, I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're really just kind of headline news. They're just kind of. You know, quick, 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 and you know, okay, here's a fun thing, and you know, throw a dog in there and throw something <laughs> funny in at the same time too. So, um, and, you know, and I guess I guess did, did they do that back back then with Jennings and Cronkite? Yeah, I I just yeah I think I think you know Jennings, Cronkite, Brinkley, I think they were kind of you know they they made the times you know and they made the news what it was, um, and at the same time too, you got to remember they were under you know the fairness doctrine right. of the FCC. So, you know, they they couldn't stray. And, um, you know, if you think about the stuff that Cronkite reported on during Vietnam, I mean, that was ballsy. Yeah. I mean, that was really ballsy. Um, you know, today, I mean, the stuff that, you know, most of the anchors are reporting or, you know, or, you know, here's breaking news and stuff like that. I mean, it's just it's just out there. I mean, it's 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 all over the place. I mean, there's, you know, granted, this president has a lot to do with creating you know, the news situation today. But at the same time, too, I mean, you know, when we had the Iraq war and, you know, the different things that were going on there, I mean, it was, you know, it was getting it was getting more sensational. And again, I go back to the entertainment bias. Yes. And that, you know, it's, you know, you're, you're competing more now for, you know, for the for the entertainment dollars, because you got to get people to come in and watch your show. Um, so, you know, we've kind of lost what is strict news. I mean, really, if you think about it, the old, you know, the old CBS Evening News, I mean, it really kind of followed the format of what the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal did. That's what they did. They were strict news. Right. They were really news for the most part. And now it's kind of, it's, you know, it's it's infotainment. Yes. And, and I, I agree with you on that. You're listening to Online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM and also airing on Fayette TV Channel 77 with yours truly, Bill Alexander. On the phone line, we have John Daly, and we're talking about media bias in 2019. Now, the other thing that, that Jennings and Cronkite didn't have to deal with is social media. 
And everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a program. (laughs) Everybody has a podcast. And they were the ones that we looked to. Now there's just such a, a fragmented segment of population that are doing this that now every everybody becomes an expert even if they are not. Yeah, and you're just you're just inundated with stuff. And it's uh, I mean it's 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 like it's almost it's almost overwhelming. I mean, I you know, I was I was talking to somebody who was uh, uh, he's a, he's a local news anchor and literally before he's going on live, he's doing like a Facebook live. Yeah. Off his phone. And I'm like Wow! He's like, hey, we're about ready to go on. We're about ready to go live, and it's kind of cool behind the scenes. Yet at the same time, too, I can remember when I was a news anchor. I mean, I was going over the scripts and making sure. Okay, do we have any updates? Is anything coming in new? Okay, do we have the live shots? Do we have stuff like that? And I'm going like, how, how do you how do you sit there doing another broadcast off your phone? I mean, to me, it's you know. So there's just there's just so much stuff there uh, that's that not only for them to do as the anchors reporters. You know, but also for us in in the media is like, okay, we're getting this, we're getting this, we're getting that. Okay, I just I can't. I've I've I've, I've got to hone it down to just a few things, and so that's why I tell people, you know, don't. You know, I used to always tell people, you know, you have to when you get up in the morning, you have to turn on your television because they're do they do great at breaking news. Well, your phone does great at breaking news right now, right. so you don't really need to. Um, you know, you can get alerts coming across. In fact, I I tell people, I said one of the things to do is. Uh, on your Twitter feed, create a news Twitter feed. And one of the things to do is find the uh, assignment manager for the local TV news station that does the best live breaking news. Okay. Because that person's going to start tweeting, hey, did was did anybody see a plane go down in Farmer Jones's lot over there? And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, something's happening. I know about it before it's even news. Right. You know, it may not have happened. But that's that's how you kind of get signaled into to to what the news is doing, and so you're you're actually ahead of it. And and one of the things that you know, TV news really does a good job of breaking news. I mean, they will break in and do it. But again, you'll get it off your phone now, so you don't really need to have it on. And I I still think that you can become uh, far more informed and do it quickly. And again, one of the things that that I teach is to create a Twitter a separate a Twitter account and just bring in different news organizations and uh and follow them and then just go to it for 15 minutes a day and just you know read the stuff you know speed read even if it's just an article read the first four or five paragraphs as you know in in most news articles are going to be like that and i i started doing this about you know i'd say about four or five years ago and 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 on this news feed i don't follow any friends or any i just follow news that's the only thing i follow and i was uh i was my wife and i were playing golf and it was it was it was November, I think it was like 2015 or so, and um, I'm coming off the golf course, and my phone is exploding, and that there's something going on in Paris, and there are multiple attacks in Paris, and it was the it was the terror attacks that right. happened, you know, throughout the city there. So we got home. Uh, I literally sat in front of the TV, got my computer on. My wife cooked dinner, and I'm literally aggregating all this stuff through this through my Twitter news feed. Then I'm seeing what I'm seeing on TV. I'm going to the State Department site, and I'm actually taking stuff there and saying, okay, hey, if you're there, you know, here's the State Department number, or if you have family there, something like that. And one of the greatest things that happened to me, as horrible as it was, I had, I had so many people who um, contacted me, and they said, I followed you the whole time until I found out that my child was safe in Paris. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. And so 
I, I felt that as a as a private citizen working off my Twitter feed, I was a much better journalist than I was in all my years <laughs> of, of when I was on TV news and when I was an investigative reporter. And so I, you know, I, I use that is that, you know, you've got the power in your hands. You know, too many times people are like, oh, it's all biases. I don't want to yeah. do it. I don't want to be part of it. No, you can take control of it. You You have control and you've got the equipment. And you've got the technology to do it now. And so I think people can do it. And I, I you know, I tell people, you, know, you, you shouldn't be wasting a lot of time following news. You should be able to, to you, you know, you, as you have a responsibility as a citizen to do that. So you, you can do that. And you should be able to do that 15 minutes to 30 minutes a day. And you'll become super informed. And then at the same time, too, never lose a friend over politics. Right. You should never lose a family or a friend or whatever over politics. So, I mean, I got, you know, and most people don't know, they think I'm all over the place as far as being left and right. Okay. But I, you know, when people, you know, come up and argue something, I'll say, all right, well, let me give you the opposite side of this. Right. You know, so, you know, my people, my friends on the right think I'm a screaming socialist and my friends on the left think <laughs> I'm a fascist. So, but, um, but, but the for thing- the most part, I, you know, I always say, you know, you, you don't, you don't lose a friend over politics. Yeah, you can disagree all you want, but you, you, you know, even if they're dead wrong or, or, or they're really stupid, that, that's fine. That's just, some people are going to be that way. Right. And they're probably decent people anyway. So, well, and, so that's one of the things that I always talk about. And the one thing you said about the situation that went on in Paris, the people that were coming to you to get their information, at least you were giving them the most accurate information you could give. There could be someone sitting somewhere else in the, in the states giving them misinformation, and how would they no, ever absolutely. know? And that, and I think that's what frustrates me that anybody can go online, call themselves a journalist or call themselves a broadcaster, and have no experience or no credibility whatsoever, and people believe them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's true, and I think, but I, I think you can usually. Well, they may be really good, and they can figure it out. So, for I mean, you know, people knew people who followed me knew my background. Right. So, you know, I was I was fortunate as far as that goes. But but you're right, and so you know that's that's why I tell people is go to my Twitter newsfeed, follow that. Just you know, just go go take a look at it because at least you'll have somebody. And you're right. One of the things that you know that I did. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that I was curating, and there was a lot of stuff that I didn't put on there because I felt that it was like, eh, you know, that's kind of sketchy. I'm not going to put that on there. Um, and so you, you, you do really need somebody with a, you know, with a, with a news background that has a little bit of, you know, what journalistic ethics are so that you do have an idea of it. And, um, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'll put, I mean, I'll put a lot of things on and I'll put them on and people are going to go, I don't know why I put that. I said, you know what? I learned from working with, with, uh, with a lot of defense intelligence people. They said, you know, you you got to look at the crazy wackos because the right. crazy wackos give you a thread of what's going on, and if you ignore them, so I, I'll put a lot of different stuff on. Now, if I put a lot of, I, I won't put a lot of stuff on if it's going to endanger somebody or if it's like just totally somebody's doing that for a different reason and uh, that makes no sense. But but you do need to you do need to follow and and have trust in somebody. Um, that is going to be either your journalist or somebody who's going to help you be a better journalist. As a, as a person, as an individual. Do you see the colleges and university um, teaching the responsibility of social media, or are they still just doing old-school journalism? Because I no, see I them being two different things. I, you know, it's funny. Because in, in trying to in 
trying to to write the new book, um, I've ended up talking to a couple of uh, different colleges, and uh, one of the ones here where I'm and again I'm in <clears throat> I'm in eastern North southeastern North Carolina. I'm near Wilmington. I'm near uh, UNC Wilmington, and I ended up talking to a couple of the professors there. And so, what they're doing, which is fascinating, is all in their communications and journalism department. They're actually doing um, like a road show where the, every week they're going to a high school. Okay. And they're talking to high school kids about social media and communications and, and how you, you know, one, how to behave on it, two, how to react to different things, and, and, and also how to understand what is and what isn't, you know, what might not be true. And uh, so, you know, in talking to some of them, I'm like, you're getting it. Yeah, you are getting it. So I think, I think there's enough, you know, probably before the 2016 election, they probably didn't even think about it. Um, but I think since the 2016 election, when, you know, the alarm bells and the whistles went off with, uh, you know, whether it was Russia or whatever um, that was coming in there. So I do see that um, now at the same time, too. Have I been across the country talking to a lot of college professors? Uh, no. Uh, do I think that there's probably old line that's staying the same? Yeah. Do I think that there's probably that that liberal bias there that's kind of shutting out a lot of the voices on the right? Sure, I'm probably it. But. So I can't really give you that. I can tell you that I have seen what I, what I would call positive stuff. What are you seeing? Um, what, I'm, what I'm seeing is a little part of what you said. And, yes, I'm still seeing some of that old school stuff that's happening out there because um, they just they, they haven't been trained. They haven't been trained in what social media is because social media is still so new. They don't know how to train um <clears throat> Their, their students and, and where are they going to get the training at about social media unless they go to the universities or the colleges that they're teaching at and it's like one of these situations that not until someone actually is able to study it and follow through with it are they able to um, actually learn about it because again how do you learn about something if you haven't done it mm-hmm. yeah and that's true and, and and really, if you think about it, the kids could probably teach the professors a lot more. I, <laughs> trust me, on social media. Trust me, they have uh, <laughs> because I and I and I am. I'm honest with my students, and I said, I know what it's supposed to do, but I don't know how it affects what you guys do on a daily basis. And in some cases, they do show me, and then I try to incorporate that in what I'm doing. And then trying to reach out to people that actually are using it the way they are using it and trying to bring them in as experts. But as I tell mm-hmm. my students in social media right now, there are no experts because a lot of this is trial by error because we don't know what it can do yet. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. And the other thing is it's changing drastically. And you're, you know, what, what's on the horizon is um, – is the you know what the thing called the blockchain that that's tied to Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies? Yes. It's really a business system that's set up, and IBM right now is putting together a blockchain social media system. So when you go on there, you own your content. Okay. The social media company doesn't, so you right. get to control your content. Um, so will that work? I don't know. It sounds it sounds good to me. You know that you don't have to worry about that. But at the same time, too, can they make money off that? Because that's where the companies are making money and where the company, you know, where they're killing the regular media companies, but also where you're, they're getting a lot of stuff out and they're creating a lot of commerce. But at the same time, too, they're also allowing a lot of the nefarious companies to come in for pennies on the dollar right. to 
put different things out there. So it's changing so dramatically. You've got artificial intelligence, you've got the blockchain coming in, and you know, you've also got this, you know, what I would call this nationalistic fervor, you know, going around the world where governments are, are you know, you're starting to get leaders excuse me, that are trying to control everything that's going on with their within their country. I mean if you look at I mean, you know, with China, I mean I've been to Hong Kong a number of times and what I'm seeing going on there I mean, China just, I mean, they literally control everything a person does. And they're getting to the point now where they're going to start using artificial intelligence where they can actually watch you at all times. And if you do something that's not good, they'll take money or points or things away from you. If you do something good, they'll reward you. So it's, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's still some big, big changes going on. You and I will talk in a year or so and we'll go, can you imagine what we talked about before and what's right. going on now? It, it's just yeah. it's just changing so quickly. And the other thing that we're noticing, especially in this region, is we're actually losing the printed newspaper because yep. everything is shifting online. And yet I get that online newspapers, the whole idea is that I can expand more, I can write more. But how many people actually read the whole story, unlike when they did the newspaper that were three or four paragraphs, they knew that there was an end to it. Now there's six, seven or eight paragraphs. No one's reading the whole story anymore. They're just reading what they have time to read and mm-hmm. they're not getting the whole story. But again, that's the whole idea as, as uh, whenever I was in school a long time ago, 30 <laughs> some years ago. When you did the story, the inverted pyramid, when you wrote a story, you gave all the information mm-hmm. up front and then you worked down to any specific fact that you needed. I can't see that happening now because people don't have time and people are only reading what they agree with for the most part. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which why I keep talking about the about the creating a Twitter news feed. You know, so you get things on the left, things on the right. It's actually a really good uh, newsletter. It's called The Flip Side that's just out now. And they literally take one issue a morning. Okay. And they just kill it on the left and kill it on the right. And you get a, a ton of different things. It's a free one. Um, they actually contacted me because they saw all my stuff and wanted me to try to work with them and help them. And I looked at their, and I've been I've been reading their stuff every morning, and it's like, wow, okay, here's an article I didn't see before. You know, they take one issue, a ton of articles on the left, ton of articles on the right, and they aggregate it, put it all together. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually, it's, it's quite good. So you're beginning to see more of that coming out. Uh, you know, so there's there's more tools. But it, it what you just said is that it, it, the important thing is we've, we've got to get people to to stretch their minds. So you can't just read what makes you feel good. When you're talking about news, you got to go look at the other side. Go advance your mind. And it's hard to get somebody to do that when they've got, you know, they got kids to take care of. They might have two jobs. They might have o- older parents that they've got to take care of. So it's like, okay, I'm going to sit there and, you know, be philosophical about the news. Okay, now I'm going to go <laughs> listen to MSNBC after watching Fox News. And yeah. No, i got things to do, you know. So it's uh, it's difficult, and that's that's what we – we really need and try to impress upon people so that they do get different sides of the story. I think it's interesting that the, the site you're talking about, but I think it's interesting that nobody has tried to create something like that, not just on one story, but multiple stories doing it as an audio or a video program. And because I honestly think there would be advertisers that would be behind something like that. 
trying to get a more of a balanced message out to the public instead of what we're dealing with now. I would agree. And it's something I've been putting my thinking cap on trying to do it now. Actually, what the, the one that really, there's two that really actually do it fairly well, and it's Google News and Apple News. Okay. Now, granted, you know, they're, you know, you can say, okay, oh, they, they control, they're, they're big tech controlling things. But if you, if you know, if I'll go to Google News and I'll, you know, I'll hit, um, you know, you know, an issue or whatever. And then they, they've got like, you know, five to 10 stories, uh, different stories. So they have, you know, Fox News's take on it. They'll have, you know, CBS News take on it and New York Times take on it, Wall Street Journal's take on it. And it's actually kind of interesting. You can kind of skim down there and kind of see, okay, where they're going, okay, what they're going, you know, and, you know, and you can tell who doesn't, who doesn't get the story. But at the same time, too, for the most part, as reputable news organizations, most of them do have the story correct. Right. You know, they're just going to paint it a different way. So I, I tell, that's another thing I tell people, you know, go hit the Google News thing and just, or the Apple News, and they'll, they'll aggregate a lot of different stories for you on a particular issue. And you get a chance to read, you know, different things on the left and the right. Another good one is uh, um, um, Real Clear Politics. Um, I always tell people, you know, just just go take a look at that. And if you're going to look at political stories, and they they do a nice job of lining up, okay. uh, you know, an issue and putting in, you know, you know, you know, you're going to get a uh, an opinion piece from the Wall Street Journal, which is which the Wall Street Journal editorial board is just really far to the right. So you'll get that, and then you might get a uh, you know a piece from the from the New York Times on the same issue talking about it. Um, and uh, and then another another really good site that I tell people to go to is um, like if you see something that's that's written and you don't know who wrote it, uh, go to a site called mediabiasfactcheck.com. Okay. And um, you just you just go to the site and then you plug in the or you know the organization of the site that's that that wrote the piece and they'll tell you where they lean whether it's left or right and then they'll rate from one to five what their uh, factual reporting is so uh, you know i think a, i think a five is really good and the one's really bad or something like that so you get kind of a like a, a two-factor thing in there so you get a better idea so you know when you read a piece you kind of go eh, who are these wackadoos here and you go and you look into it and you know and then you kind of and then sometimes i mean there's some people that you know they're like oh okay well no, actually you know i've never heard of them but they're actually pretty much down the middle and they've got they've got good factual reporting and stuff like that so so there are ways of 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 kind of doing that but you're right as far as you know is there you know is there is there that broadcast uh, venue that you could do something like that uh, i you know i think there is but it it might just be so darn boring because it's like this side and that side it's not people yelling right at each other, well and so. that's you're exactly right there's no controversy if some if you have two rational people sitting there talking to each other and again like you said people don't want to hear that now a question for you because i've always turned to them when i get frustrated with what i'm listening to and occasionally i'll listen to npr where do you feel they fit into this um, I like NPR a lot. I, in fact, that when, when I wrote my first book, I said that they were, um, you know, the news hour, and it was the news hour of Jim Lehrer back yeah. then. And uh, so I, I always felt they were pretty good. I, I think that a lot of their budgets have been cut, so um, I don't think they're as in-depth as they used to be before. Yet at the same time, too, I think they work really hard 
to examine an issue like for instance i know a lot of people who say me oh news hour is so boring i go yeah maybe that's why you should watch it yeah because you know because judy woodruff is she's doing an eight-minute interview with somebody you know about what's going on in russia or what's happening in hong kong and she's talking to a couple of experts who are not telegenic but who know what the heck they're talking about and she's got to drag out stats and figures from them to you know to get something out of it and you know, you should sit and, and watch it. It's actually, you know, you know, if you're really curious, you know, you're going to get some stuff there. So I'm, 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 a, I'm always a big fan of uh, of the PBS NewsHour, um, and I think that there, I, you know, one of the, I always tell people pick up the Economist. It's it's a it's a British magazine. Okay. Um, it's got a it's got a business slant, but it has a so it's a little bit on the right wing side, but it's also got a kind of a, a Euro Western European. Uh, liberal slant as well. Okay. So you get kind of a combination of a little bit liberal, a little bit conservative, and some libertarian uh, business in there. And it gives you a perspective of, you know, not only America, um, but the rest of the world, not from American eyes. So so for me, I find it really refreshing. So I, I get that. I have that as my kind of, you know, when The Economist comes in, I'll... Um, you know, and again, I get it online, or I can get it on my phone, and I can listen to it. So all their stories, uh, the print stories, are also audio. Oh, okay. So I can literally, um, I can literally walk the dog, or I can go for a workout, or if I'm on a long drive, and I can I can listen to the Economist, and I can listen to the stories that keep going on and on and on. So, <clears throat> so um, they do it that way. So I think I think there there uh, to me there are some really good sources out there. Um, that that if, if if you take the time just to kind of um, create a system for yourself, you you'll you'll become informed, you know. And then you're just you know you're going to get bombarded with stuff anyway. If you're on social media, you're just going to get a lot of stuff. So it kind of gives you. And if and if if you've got those organizations there where you've you know you kind of have an idea what's really happening okay and then, then okay they're looking at it from this angle they're looking from this angle so when you start getting bombarded it's kind of like you got a filter you got a filter that says nah no 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 i don't think so now that that's 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 bs i'm going to call bs on that and uh so you 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 can usually do that and again it takes it takes a little bit of time but you don't have to again you don't have to take a ton of time the other thing i do is i i tell people to get audible the uh, audiobooks so I'm, you know, I'm listening to an audio book all the time. I try to knock off a, a book of nonfiction, you okay. know, at least every week. Um, and but I try to do, you know, an expert on a topic, whether it's a news topic or a politics poli- uh, topic or history, um, uh, or you know, the new technologies. I, I try to read a lot into the artificial intelligence and the blockchain of what's coming, because mm-hmm. I feel too many times in our news we're, we keep looking at the past, we don't see what's coming. And uh, that's another thing that's wrong with our news media today is we're not looking at the solutions and we're not looking at here's what is coming. So we're very, you know, we're uh, we're not a proactive society. And we're a very reactive society. And the reason is uh, it's easier to cover what's happened than what's going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. that and that's part of it. Now. Uh, one thing you mentioned about the uh, economists from the UK, do you think the United States needs a news service like the BBC? 
or what what Canada has that would be a non-for-profit that would cover both sides? Or do you feel that because the funding would come from the government, depending on who's in charge every four years, the slant would go in that direction? Um, well, you know, I, I think with this president, you're going to start seeing, uh, you, you know, and if, if he's if he's not controlled, uh, you're going to start seeing, you know, whether a Democratic president gets in, they're going to start trying to do the same thing he was doing. So, yeah, I think that that would be my fear. Um, do I think we need one? I, you know, um, yeah, I just, I'd, I'd like to have it set up, though, by, you know, kind of an organization or institutions that's run by, you know, by real journalists. Okay. Uh, you know, who can, who can make sure that, um, uh, you know, you can go to that as your fallback. You know, so for instance, like, like for instance, like the, the Medicare for all. If, if if Medicare for all is the only thing we have, to me that's ridiculous. But if you're saying Medicare for all is an option, mm-hmm. it's your fallback to go to. That's not a bad idea. I th- I think it could actually it would help reduce uh, it would reduce costs. It would create more competition. Uh, it would get more younger people in so that you'd help pay for some of the older people who are in there as well. Um, but I think on the news side, if you had okay. Here is here's a nonprofit. Here's a government thing where the, they're not taking sides of anybody. They're just giving you here what they think is the unvarnished truth of things, and you can disagree with them, you can hate them. But here's here's your backdrop. Yeah, yeah, I probably could be. On the other hand, it's like, you know, the budgets are so tight now. You know, are we really going to start? <laughs> we going right. to start spending you know, ten million dollars on a whole new organization that. Uh, you know, that half the people are going to say it's, you know, ah, it's fake news. It's a bunch of socialism there. So, you know. that I think that's what worries me more because people are so set in their ways that anytime there is any type of change with the way information is presented, they always think there's an ulterior motive behind it. And mm-hmm. I I think that's what worries me because, for, for example, we saw – uh, newspapers that were just dragging their feet to going to the digital era. Now that they're on the digital area, the people that used to read newspapers are no longer reading them because they don't know how right. to use the technology. And now you're yep. losing that readership, which now they're losing revenue because the younger population isn't going. They're getting their news from other places. So, I mean, it's one of those catch-22s that there has to be a happy a happy medium to do it. But unfortunately, I can't figure out what that is. And and, and, and and if if you did, you'd be a billionaire. I know. And I, I keep trying. <laughs> Trust me. Honestly, I keep trying. But unfortunately, <laughs> I'm having no luck at all. I've been doing a program online now since 2006. And in the early days, listenership was through the roof. Now that there's so much competition out there online, I'm mm-hmm. noticing that my audience has become much more segmented, which is fine with me. But... Again, that's what I'm seeing happening because there's so many different opinions out there or so many different um, sources out there that I don't think anybody knows who they can trust 100%. Now, is that good? Is that bad? Should they listen to more people to see who they should get their information from? I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things that uh, if I had the answer, like you said, I'd be I'd be uh, retired right now living uh, in the Bahamas probably, <laughs> dealing with the next hurricane. Well- well, yeah, and uh, yeah, well, that's that's true too. The 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 thing that also happens is the fact that because we have kind of that long tail, like where you're 
you're probably producing more stuff and, than you ever did before, and you're probably better than ever, uh, but your audience is smaller because right. of being fragmented. And the, the, the problem is, is that it's difficult for, uh, for you or for me or anybody who wants to create their own news organization to actually make money. Yes. That's the problem. And so to sustain yourself. So that's, that's the other problem that, that, that hurts it too, as far as news goes. Um, and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a whole, whole different, um, society with different technologies. And, and again, with a, with a, with a different demographic that we had before. Well, John, hard to believe we've been talking for an hour and we probably could go for one more. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to end it here. Anything you have that you're working on right now that you want the audience to know about? Uh, well, I would say um, you can go to informnotinflame.com. You can see uh, the different things I have there. There's, um, there's different columns there. Um, I would say if, if you get a chance, go to my Twitter site. It's twitter.com slash news. Um, and, and follow me there, and you'll be able to see a lot of different things that are happening. And then follow my, my TV show, which is called Undercover Jet Setter. It's free. It's on YouTube. So if you go to youtube.com slash undercover jet setter, um, you can see it. It's uh, travel, food, wine, and golf. It's um, also how to shoot a TV show off your, off your iPhone. And uh, you can take a look there. So if you can, subscribe. And uh, there's a ton of segments there in addition to uh, there's about 60 TV shows that are on there as well. That sounds great. John, thank you very much, and you have a great night. We'll talk to you. Actually, I'd love to do this again maybe in six months. Uh, let me know, Bill, but more than happy to. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you very much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good night. Thank you. And you've been listening to Online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM and also on Fayette TV Channel 77 and italknet.com. Guys, I am out of here. You have a great one. We'll talk to you next time here Online with Bill Alexander. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to VisitWilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Scramble through our world-class golf courses or shop your way through the square. Be one with nature as you hike or bike through our parks and trails or hunker down at one of our breweries. And when it's time to eat, be sure to bite into our eclectic food scene. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. Switch to Metro by T-Mobile and save more. Get the new iPhone SE now with 5G at the lowest price in prepaid. Just $99.99. I post a lot. And thanks to the iPhone SE with 5G and advanced 4K camera, I'm snapping and sharing while my followers are smashing the like button. Switch and get the iPhone SE for just $99.99. Only at Metro. 
Save more versus national prepaid brands. Limited time offer in store only. Price for 64 gigabyte model with eligible port. $60 plan and ID. See 5G device coverage and access details at MetroByTMobile.com.